Welcome to Land Development in the 305, a podcast featuring news, observations, and analysis on the redeveloping and reshaping of Miami skyline. My name is Anthony DiUri. I'm a partner at Bills and Sumberg, specifically in the Land Development and Government Relations Practice Group. I spend my day doing a number of mixed-use development projects, transit-oriented development projects. And um, today we're going to talk about one of the most important uh, tools that we have, rapid transit zones here in Miami-Dade County. With me is Stan Price. Good morning. My name is Stan Price. I'm the chairman of the Land Development and Government Relations Department. Uh, I have been practicing land use law for almost 50 years, and uh, I was instrumental in drafting the original ordinances for Dade County in my capacity as an assistant county attorney in charge of zoning back in the 1970s. So why don't we why don't we go back, Stan, and just jump right into it? Um, rapid transit zones. It is a topic that we read about uh, regularly in uh, industry publications. We hear about the county expanding it in the recent years and looking to continue to expand rapid transit zones. But talk to us about how it started. You were at the county attorney's office. You actually drafted the legislation. How did that all come about? Anthony, back in the 1970s, the Miami-Dade County, before it was known as Metropolitan-Dade County, uh, received a major grant from the federal government to build a state-of-the-art rapid transit system in, in in Dade County. The purpose of the transit system was to address uh, the ever-needed uh, relief from the number of cars on the roadway that would hopefully provide a commuter system that would take people off the roads and put them into mass transit. Uh, during this period of time, the county used uh, several tools available to it, one of which was to hire a national law firm known as Ross Hardy's Babcock out of Chicago to help define what was necessary to carry on a central metropolitan government. The Dade County Home Rule Charter, and Dade County is a Home Rule Charter created by a constitutional amendment, provides in the very first paragraph that the county shall have the power to carry on a central metropolitan government. Uh, In order to do that, the county is then given enumerated powers, such as the power to prepare and enforce comprehensive plans throughout the community, and establish, coordinate, and enforce zoning on a countywide basis. Using these tools provided by the legislature and the constitutional amendment, we drafted a series of ordinances that would give Metropolitan Dade County the supreme power to zone uh, within the rapid transit zone and the rapid transit uh, impact zone. And the difference between the two aspects, the rapid transit zone is actually the fixed system, which includes the guide rails, the stations, and the like. And the rapid transit impact zone are defined areas around the stations where the county felt it was necessary to maintain control. The whole concept was predicated on a paper prepared by David Cowies, who was with the Ross Hardy's firm, uh, that was called Value Recapture. In order for the county to 
obtain the necessary funding to support the system, it was determined that by controlling the zoning in the stations and around the stations, you would be able to value recapture the investments the county made in putting the system in place. And that is through increased ad valorem taxes and the ability to do, which is very commonplace today, a P3, which is a public-private partnership. And in fact, uh, the first public-private partnership that occurred using the tools of the ordinance was a project that I worked on once I went into private practice in the Overtown area where a private developer came and built two office buildings. Uh, the first office building houses several governmental offices, including the Department of Environmental Resource Management, and built a separate second building, all basically connected to uh, a the train system in the Overtown area. That set the stage for future developments, and we can discuss uh, several of the major developments that have taken place through the years. It's uh, it's something that started in the 1970s. It's still around today. We're still using it as a tool to try to alleviate traffic congestion. Um, and at the same time, the fact that the county's home rule powers allowed it to create this overlapping uh, regulatory scheme over the different municipalities trickles its way through on projects still to this day, whether it's RTZ or otherwise. I just want to highlight that point because one of the one of the, the, the best parts about uh, working here in the office is we have about uh, 16 different members of our uh, land development group. Uh, even projects that are within the city of Miami, Coral Gables, any different municipality, they have to deal with the overarching regulatory mechanisms that exist within the county. And so for, for those of us that practice in the county, we get to work together and um, share and leverage that expertise because each project really involves both the municipal law of the particular jurisdiction and also the overarching um, regulatory issues that are uh, um, laid upon them also um, by the county. I can tell you that um, specific, even this week, this issue of RTZ came up. We have a project in the city of Miami and we're building adjacent to the uh, what we call the uh, the fixed guideway system, which is just a fancy way from the, from the regulatory speak of talking about either the metro rail or the um, metro mover system, which is the smaller uh, automated uh, unmanned uh, free system that loops throughout Brickell and uh, downtown Miami. And so every time you go even build adjacent to one of these uh, fixed guideway systems or one of the stations, there are specific manuals on how to build uh, around them, spacing requirements, spotter requirements, uh, drip line requirements. So this is this is not just something that deals with um, the specific uh, rapid transit zones, but also any development that's happening uh, within a stone's throw of any of the stations or the fixed guideway systems. You have to look to the county. You can't just go get your municipal approvals at the city of Miami or at the city of Coral Gables, you got to go to the county right away and talk about the fixed guideway systems and how that's going to impact you. Because imagine in, in this particular instance, um, uh, before we got involved in it, um, the, the developer got all their approvals within the municipality. 
And then they said, oh, wait, we have to look at the fact that we're building next to the guideway system in the county. And then we were able to find a solution, but um, the the repercussions could be tremendous if you had to repackage your entire product. Well, the, the, the safety measure the county placed into the ordinance was the creation of the Developmental Impact Committee Rapid Transit uh, Zone Group, which is a group of county officials from the various regulatory departments of building and zoning, uh, public works, and the like. And uh, that creates a system. When a project is built within a municipality's boundary, that municipality is afforded membership on the Developmental Impact Committee. So the county is assured that the local government being impacted by the development would have a seat at the table and be able to constructively make suggestions on how a project would best be compatible with the individual municipality. And also that, that doesn't, it's not just a municipality, it's station by station, because in the city of Miami, they have multiple stations, but each station has its own uh, rules and regulations on how the development impact committees are structured and what say, for example, the city of Miami has in that particular project. But let's, let's be black and white about it. You know, it's a seat at the table. It, it's, it's uh, a right to comment, but ultimately this is an administrative process that is governed by uh, the county and the county zoning law. That is correct. And as a matter of fact, we have seen instances- And irrespective of the fact that it's within the boundaries of another municipality. That is correct. And what has occurred is the county has now permitted an entire series of developments along the rapid transit zone. And what has occurred is that a developer or if they're doing a P3, a developer will come in with a plan. That plan will be reviewed. Uh, we've eliminated Euclidean zoning. We do not have specific setbacks from other structures and the like. We have a... Or, we, or use restrictions. That, that's, well, we do have certain use restrictions, but those are not necessarily... Uh, enforced if the county developmental impact committee determines Correct. that the plan is a good plan and compatible and what once a plan is deemed approved that plan becomes the zoning code for that specific station uh, we've had that in dadeland north which is a commercial development which also created additional parking for the station we've also had uh in Coconut Grove, we're going to see a very interesting mixed-use project occur. And uh, just just to be more specific, that's the the Coconut Grove stations on Twenty Seventh Avenue and US One, and that is going to be a fantastic project with um, probably every use you can think of: shopping, retail, uh, office, residential. And the beauty is, you can do all that in the same location. Hop on the train station right next door. And get if you work in Brickell, you can get to Brickell. If you want to go to Dadeland Mall uh, farther on south, down the road, you can go to Dadeland Mall. You really don't need a car if you live in one of these rapid transit zone developments, which is obviously the intent that you had um, several decades ago. That, that's the value recapture. We're trying to get, get, get automobiles off the street, and we're trying to get people to use mass transit, which is a far better alternative for our uh, environment our traffic and the anxiety level people have who spend 
a great deal of time in an automobile going and coming to work. And one of the one of the biggest challenges we have on on projects um, is actually parking and parking structures. How do we figure out? And, and ultimately, unfortunately, it drives design. It drives what you can and cannot develop uh, on the site. Um, rapid transit zones allow you the flexibility to decide because you're you're adjacent to the state. You're right on top of the stations. It allows you to decide how much parking you want. It really becomes a market driven decision at that point. And um, that also creates affordability because if you have a, a, a multifamily unit or a condo unit, let's say your construction costs, just throw a round number out there, $200,000, but a structured parking space with a requirement of two spaces per unit could add $60,000 or $70,000 uh, to that space. So it also adds to the affordability ultimately to the end user um, that lives next to the station. The units are less expensive because you don't have a minimum parking requirement. And on top of that, the uh, you know data shows that the second largest expense after in, in South Florida for, for the, um, the workforce uh, housing, basically non-luxury uh, market, the second largest expense is transportation and the vehicle. And so when you take that out of the equation, it creates this, um, this great solution for affordability as well. Affordable housing is an important element that has not yet come into play with the rapid transit zone. But there have been certain suggestions made that the government should utilize uh, the areas specifically along the northwest corridor of the rapid transit system to build affordable housing. And let me let me just interject a second. When I say I mean I'm mean, talking about affordability of housing, not necessarily the the big A affordable, um, you know, uh, tax incentive uh, type of housing. It's really just creating a f- housing that's more affordable for the um, the citizens in the area. And if uh, that segment of uh, the population uh, wishes to take public transportation, which we would encourage, uh, they can get to their jobs. Uh, they can go to downtown, they can go to the airport area without ever having to get into an automobile. And I think we're going to see in the next couple of years uh, that the rapid transit areas and along the Northwest Corridor are going to be utilized for affordable housing projects. I would be remiss if I do not mention another uh, aspect of rapid transit zone is the underline, which has uh, recently been funded, thank God, and uh, they will now be able to create a population mass along the system. Uh, Hopefully that would cause additional retail facilities and restaurants to grow up around that area, all going back to the original envisioned concept of value recapture. Uh, For those who are familiar with the Atlanta system, the Atlanta system has been the most successful urban development that has occurred uh, in many, many years. And the walking paths along their old abandoned railroad tracks have grown into industrial restaurants and commercial areas. Uh, I believe that is what the underline is going to spur here in Dade County. Now, Besides the underline, um, I wanted to talk about, because the underline really runs the expanse of, of almost the entire RTZ. Um, I want to talk about two things. One is, are some recent expansions of the RTZ, how they've been successful, 
And then I want to talk about potential future expansion and where you think future development can go from here. So in uh, 2018, in late 2018, the, uh, the county expanded the rapid transit zone and actually created the government center subzone. If you're not familiar with this area, this is immediately uh, surrounding uh, several, several properties the county owned uh, around government center, which is on um, Flagler in uh, downtown Miami. So they expanded it. They created a, a government center subzone. And uh, Stan, you, you assisted also in drafting that. I mean, look, the, the importance of your role in this has um, uh, is still, you're, you're part of the fiber of it. You, you drafted the original legislation. County comes back. We, we, you actually assist in drafting the 19, uh, excuse me, the 2018 in, expansion. Tell us a little bit about that particular one. Well, it was perfectly suited for the type of development. Uh, it, we call it our little uh, Grand Central Station, and it'll be the hub of which uh, Brightline will operate out of South Florida, extending into Broward and Palm Beach County. Uh, there's going to be an office component, a hotel component that also has created the need for restaurants and other service industries around the station. And we're going to be, uh, we, we have created something that is very, very unique and will serve the needs of the people of South Florida and the visitors of South Florida for the next hundred years. Uh, we're very proud of our uh, input into that system. And it is just example that it's the tip of the iceberg of what we could do to further extend our rapid transit system down to the Homestead area and perhaps out to West Kendall. I'd like to highlight that in particular because, um, you know, let's be honest about Miami-Dade County. They are, their biggest challenge on the development side is to find uh, land many times. And so we're, we're, we're a seven-mile strip stuck on the east between uh, sharks and on the west between alligators. And so we only have a couple of directions to go. We go up. Uh, we can, you know, development north is, is matured and, and filled out significantly. Um, the South Dade communities, the South Miami Dade communities, seem to be the natural expansion. You have the connection in here with RTZ. It gets you right into the South um, Dade Station. Tell me about how you can envision um, RTZ working with the South Dade communities to help um, with that population growth. We have to eliminate the uh, NIMBY concept that exists in many jurisdictions. Uh, growth along the rapid transit system is the surest way to ensure that we're not going to build out into the uh, East Everglades. Uh, we have an urban boundary line which has been respected uh, by the county commission for many, many years. And as you point out, if we want growth to occur, we want growth to occur that's smart. Absolutely. That, that would not rely on the automobile to get people from point A to point B, but in fact build urban centers along the rapid transit system to ensure that there'll be no pressure to expand out to the urban boundary line. With global warming as a serious threat, uh, the county has to be innovative and find new areas in which development could and should occur. In, um, in particular, we have uh, a great case of Dadeland. So Dadeland was really just a mall. It was a retail center, and then the station got built around it. You had the uh, adjacent development uh, really uh, created by the fact that there are two stations, two Metrorail stations and RTZ areas there. 
that has created its own um, downtown, its own gravity in and of itself. Um, and it's the one of the, the top five uh, urban areas uh, within Miami-Dade County. Obviously, Miami-Dade, um, excuse me, downtown Miami being the largest, then da- uh, Brickell, downtown Coral Gables. But downtown um, Dadeland um, has really grown and has been the result of this legislation that you created of the RTZ um, piggybacked uh, to move what was the southernmost one of the southernmost communities and get them um, to downtown. One of the obligations the county will have over the next couple of decades is to transition existing uses into new uses. Uh, Retail markets are suffering and we have seen a major trend that uh, shopping malls are now going to be converted into additional housing, uh, recreation centers and the like. And we have to be smart, we have to plan properly, and I believe we have in place the tools to accomplish that. And I'd like to highlight another uh, recent expansion, um, the, the also retail, which is Aventura Mall. We have a project uh, where Virgin's gonna put a new station uh, adjacent to the mall. And now everybody's buying and wants to get in that pocket. Why? Because of the transit-oriented development nature of it. You don't need the car. You're right next to retail. All the amenities are there. It seems like that's really positioned well to turn into another um, Dadeland, uh, you know, community node uh, scenario. And I would, I would very much look forward to doing that and alleviating the vehicular traffic on the roads. Uh, that is desperately needed in Northeast Dade. I live there. Uh, I've been praying for a rapid transit system for many years, and it's finally coming to fruition. The, the best part of this at the end of the day is that uh, we're able to leverage the combination of the knowledge on the county side and the municipal side. Clients come to us from all over the United States, all over the world. They want to develop in Miami, and, um, but they, they want to do it in a way where they're able to move forward, especially on their first projects. Um, and the, the rapid transit zone and the county regulatory process that's involved, which is administrative, allows you to be creative, allows you to think outside the box. Really, it's a market-driven approach as opposed to the Euclidean zoning world that makes development uh, very difficult. I think has been a, a great recipe for success. Uh, you've seen it in Dadeland. You've seen it uh, with Brightline. You've seen it all over downtown. The county recognizes it. The county expanded it recently in 2018. They expanded it to encompass Brightline. We're looking at uh, South Dade. It's working in Northeast Dade. So I got to say, Stan, congratulations to you. It might have come a couple of decades uh, after the fact, but uh, I hope that you enjoy to see the uh, success uh, and the fruits of your labor from the 70s in creating the original RTZ uh, legislation. Thank you. Well, uh, in conclusion, I'd like to thank you all for uh, joining us today on this topic of rapid transit zones and really uh, an overall discussion of transit-oriented development here in uh, Miami-Dade County. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Again, I'm Anthony DeYuri. I'm with uh, Stanley Price. If you want to know more about this and other land development-related topics, please visit us at bilson.com and uh, subscribe to our New Miami blog at newmiamiblog.com. Thank you very much for listening, and we hope to be back with you very soon.